Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are, oh, Randy Lee's here. Brenda's not. Brenda's missing. Missing <laughs> in action. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure she has something super important to do. She is She is wrestling with three grandchildren right now. So. Well, bless her heart. And we she miss is, her. She's, she's, we do miss her. We'll see her next time. But we're going to, yeah. happy anniversary. Right? What is this show? Well, this is, is our... actually, um, I was talking to our producer, um, Ian Mattis, a couple weeks ago. And Ian mentioned that the four of us, Ian, you, Eleanor, Brenda, and me, had just done our 200th show together. I think this is actually um, 202 with Ian, um, and then you had, had produced us before that. But, but So thanks to Ian for all his work over the years, getting us on the air each week. Um, but talking with Ian about you know hitting that milestone got me thinking about time, right, because um, it takes a long time to get to 200 shows together. I, I think that means Ian has been doing this with us for almost eight years. And you go, whoa, can, you know, you and I were just even saying, can that be possible? Um, for one thing, I keep thinking, how did we go that long and not get canceled? Um, <laughs> which no doubt has to be due to, to Ian's incredible gift of editing or filtering or, or something like that. Um <laughs> But anyway, recently in the Lee House, and this eventually will tie back into time, recently in the Lee House, we've been watching the second season of the show The Bear, right? And The Bear is this drama about this world's greatest chef kind of a character, um, comes home to try and save the family restaurant after his brother dies. So the Lees have been finding themselves watching these, you know, this show, and, and recently we watched these these two companion episodes of The Bear. And they're right in a row, and they're both about preparing the perfect meal, mm-hmm. right? First one is in the home of this family, and you've got the Italian mom, and she is preparing the Feast of the Seven Fishes on mm. Christmas Eve, right? And in the second one, we spend a week in the finest restaurant in Chicago. Right, so that's what they're about, officially. But but they're also both about time. And the irony in these two episodes, these two experiences, is both of these episodes climax in the perfect table. Call it the perfect meal. But other than that, these two experiences have absolutely nothing in common. Right. So so in the mom's Christmas Eve feast episode. We get to the perfect table, but the mom's approach to getting there is all wrong. I mean, so wrong that, I mean, I'm watching the show and it's just wrenching me and I'm just, I, I, I can't watch the end of this, right? That's how wrong this is. It's, everything's wrong internally. Everything's wrong externally. The kitchen is constantly a mess, complete chaos, brink of disaster, anxiety, stress, the mom has got to be the center of everything, right? Well, I can just picture that. Uh, it, and it induces anxiety in me oh, yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Oh, exactly, right. The mom is only doing this to impose guilt on everyone else, <laughs> to justify herself, to glorify herself, right? While in the Chicago's Finest Restaurant episode, we have this well-oiled machine. Everyone works as a team. The kitchen is spotless. 
Everyone is seeking to serve others, give the, their, their guests this mind-blowing experience. One meal everyone enjoys. One meal makes everyone miserable. And yet they are equally perfect tables, mm-hmm. right? In theory, equally perfect meals. One really fascinating thing about this is as you're watching these two episodes, right, you get the sense early on that despite the dissonance between these two episodes, the time thing is going to play out the same in both episodes, right? In, in the Seven Fishes episode, we are constantly seeing this kitchen timer. Time is always running out. Mm-hmm. The timer is always splattered in sauces that have boiled over. Everything's a mess. From mm-hmm. that timer, we get the sense that time is the enemy, mm-hmm. right? It's out of control. There just is no time. Then we get to the second episode. And in this incredible, efficient restaurant... You talk about the, the fancy restaurant the in Chicago. The fancy restaurant, top restaurant in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And in this restaurant, everywhere we look in this episode, there are these signs. Everywhere these signs are up. Every second matters. Yeah. Right? And, and we think to achieve this degree of perfection, these signs have to mean there's not a second to waste. Yeah. Time is still the enemy. There's not enough time. Um, and, and some of that actually turns out to be true, right? There is not a second to waste. There's not enough time. But that's not because time is the, epi- the enemy. It's because time is to be valued. Time is to be respected. Mm-hmm. Time is to be savored. I mean, think about that. When was the last time you said to yourself, wow, I'm savoring this minute? <laughs> right? No, I mean, we don't do You're that calling anymore. me out, Randy. We don't, we don't savor minutes, no, right? we tend not to. Every second matters because every second is a choice. Every second is an opportunity to be an instrument to heal, to nourish, and an opportunity to be healed and to be nourished by God, right? To be creative, to be gifted. Time is not inherently out of control, but we need to take responsibility for taking control of our time, Mm -hmm. right? Time is to be respected. We need to embrace each second and not let it inevitably slide by without being savored, right? I want to savor this second. I want to triumph in this second. In this second, I want to glory, but not in what I am, like the mother does, right? Mm -hmm. I want to glory in in what this second is and what this second can be. Right? It's all kind of cryptic, but let me try this. Saturday night, we're eating dinner on the porch, and Brenda says, I haven't looked at the moon all summer. Well, okay. Right? So what do we do? Look at the moon. That's exactly right. (laughs) Consider the lilies kind of thing, right? Yeah. Right? We look at the moon. We just stop ourselves, and, and Brenda savors studying the moon on a summer evening, mm. right? What's summer for, right? What's summer for? My, what's summer for? My, my buddy Dan Delp, right? What's he doing? He's battling bone cancer, right? 
What's he post on Facebook? I'm looking to find the perfect piece of watermelon and savor everything there is to savor in the perfect piece of watermelon. Right? I mean, every second matters. Mm-hmm. What, what could you do this second? I can, I can live this second as if I'm chewing cardboard. Yeah. Or I can savor this moment and suck everything out of the experience of eating the perfect piece of watermelon. Well, the key, I think the key, you just said the key, and the key is to savor the moment. Oh, yeah. You can't savor tomorrow. You can't savor yesterday. It has to be in the present moment. Yeah, the, in, in the episode, right, the, the, of, of where this sign comes from, every second matters, mm-hmm. right? The, the head chef, the owner of the restaurant, her father, has kept these billion journals, Right. And and nobody ever knew what was in these journals. There's just this these billion journals. And and so when he dies, his daughter's going through these billion journals. Mm-hmm. And what does she find is this guy has has journaled like all of these moments in his life. And what does he put in the journal? Everything I wish I could hold on to in this minute. Mm. Right. How how the the grooves in the moon that I I, I really did see a face today in the moon. Right. Mm-hmm. The man in the moon. What the breeze felt like. Right. As I'm walking along the shore, what the waves sounded like. I want to be able to access this moment later. What am I going to want to access? Right. And, and so so that's that's how this guy lived his life. Right. I, you know, um, you look at it and I I don't want to just get through a second so I can see if there's something better in the next second. I think we get caught up in that. You know, let me get through this second because I'm sure the next second is the one I really need to get to. Yeah, I I can kind of relate to that. Well, I can relate to it in general, but I'm thinking yesterday because it was so hot, I decided to use the elliptical to get some exercise in. Mm-hmm. Every second is grueling. <laughs> it's like, can I please be finished with this? Can I please be finished with yeah. this? That's exactly right. Right? I want to inspire in this second. Right? I don't want this second to be finished. I want to inspire in the second. I want to blow minds in the second. Right? I want to I want to nourish in the second. I want to change lives in the second. I want to change my life in the second, right? I want to change my life in the second. In the show, there's this this Richie character who's who's working at at the best restaurant in New York for a week, the fancy restaurant, right? And every morning, right, he gets up a little earlier. In fact, he starts sleeping in his work clothes so he can get to, so he can encounter time sooner, so he can encounter the day sooner. He's so excited about the experience of being part of the people at this restaurant mm-hmm. and and impacting the lives of the people they serve in the restaurant that he's just got, he can't get there early enough. Wow. You know, attitude has a whole lot to do with that, doesn't it? And I think it's gratitude that leads to a positive attitude. Well, that's exactly right. 
the only difference between the two the, the difference between the two meals is not what the tables look like. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two meals, Eleanor, is exactly what you said. The attitude that generates them. Yeah. Right? And and as you said again, the gratitude thing, mm-hmm. right? I have been burdened with this moment, or I have been blessed with this moment. And if I have been blessed with this moment, I'm going to turn it over a thousand times to see every aspect of this blessing today. Yeah, we talked about this last time that thank you, God, for everything. You know, and you don't have to necessarily feel it, but you develop over time, I believe, if you continue to thank God for everything, you will develop more of an attitude of gratitude. But we're going to stop for a break real quick, but we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show on Holy Family Radio. back with a family show with Randy today. We're missing Brenda, but she'll be here next time. And um, during the break, we were just You're talking, talking about, about savoring moments. Savoring moments. And I was saying at the end of the first part of the show is that I was doing the elliptical yesterday. It was too hot and I couldn't stand it. And I thought, please be done. How do I move myself to the mm-hmm. end of this thing? But at the same time, I mean, an hour before that, we had our one granddaughter with us after mass. Um, she wanted to come home with us of that was great. And we just played school, and she was a teacher, and I was a problem student, which is pretty easy for me to do. Anyway, um, I said, Randy, I could just sit there. I don't care what she says, does. Talk about savoring the moment. And I think you know that with mm-hmm. you've got grandkids. Yeah. You just, you're just so happy to be in the moment. Every every moment that every they make every moment. Let me change that. Okay, love makes every moment magic. Mm-hmm. Right here is this person, and I'm I'm with them, and you know it's it's fun. I mean, I think phones are a very interesting manifestation. Not that I have one, um, but we pull out our phone, but particularly with our kids or our grandkids. Yeah, and we go, I want to save this moment. I want this moment to be accessible for the rest of my life. I want to share this moment with everybody I know, right? And and so we're videotaping, videotaping, yeah. right? And, you know, you, the other thing you mentioned, I think that just before the break, that I thought it was grab a hold of, and you were like, if you make yourself act thankful, right? I'm going to, Lord, I'm just going to start getting the habit of being thankful yeah. and thanking for it. If you make yourself act thankful, you may actually become thankful because if, mm-hmm. if you're accountable for seeing in the moment all the blessing that's in it, right, then you're going to start seeing all the blessing that's in it, right? Where did all those journals of the, of the father come from with all these beautiful things about all of these moments he experienced? He held himself accountable mm-hmm. for noticing these things. And as he noticed these things, he was going, that wasn't just a minute. That was a moment. That's something that I want to keep. That's something I want to treasure, right? And, and the interesting thing is, believe it or not, this all really brings us back to God and our faith, right? It brings us back to John 10.10. 10. Why did Jesus come, right? We've all been through this text. Mm. And Jesus tells us, I came that they might have life and live it 
abundant. Yeah, do we believe that? Well, yeah. Do we even understand it, right? The other day it occurred to me that my entire life I have profoundly misunderstood that quote, (laughs) right? To live You're life, not alone. To live life abundantly mm-hmm. is not a statement on the life you live. It's a statement on how you live the life you live. Let me say that again. Okay. To live life abundantly is not a statement on the life you live, but on how you live the life you live. Right? Jesus didn't come, didn't die on the cross, so we could have more stuff. Yeah. Or have bigger stuff or bigger whatever, right? He didn't come so that we would have more abundance in our life, so to speak. He came so we would know to savor every inch of every moment we have, mm-hmm. right? Classic moment in American literature, right? Somewhere in the early 1850s, Henry David Thoreau heads off to live near Walden Pond near Concord, Massachusetts, right? In 1884, he publishes the book Walden. 170 years later... People are still reading the book Walden. Mm -hmm. Why? Unless you're a naturalist or a minimalist economist, it's a pretty boring book, (laughs) right? Thoreau talks about building his 10 by 15 hut shack, right, for $28.12.5. By the way, that's $883 in today's money, right? He sounds the depth of Walden Pond at various places, right? He studies his garden for two years, two months, and two days, right? This is not mind-blowing, suspenseful material, right? Very few plot twists in seed planting, right? So 170 years later, why are people still reading this book, right? Because everybody wants to hear Thoreau say, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately. Mm-hmm to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear. Nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted, here's a big punchline, I wanted to live deep and suck all the marrow out of life, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to to Mm -hmm. hear Thoreau say that, Mm -hmm. right? And that actually happens pretty early in the book, right? So why do people keep reading? And the reason people keep reading is because they may not understand it, but they hope that he will explain it, right? We're not quite sure what Thoreau is saying, but we know we should want to understand what it means to suck all the marrow out of life. You know, I'm thinking... If we lived in discovery mode, let's just say, each day we wake up, right? Thank God for the day. Mm-hmm. But also say, Lord, I'm going to look for what you desire from me, have for me, kind of in a surprise. And I think we get so caught up in our routine, we lose that. that you know what I mean? Oh, exactly. A discover mode, an uncover mode. Uh, just grab it, rip it open, and see what's there kind of mode. And you think if we're not living in that kind of mode, what kind of mode are we living in, mm-hmm. right? There's this great story in Second Kings chapter 7, right? The Syrians have surrounded the city of Samaria. They've completely cut it off. Everyone in the city is starving to death. And there are these four lepers sitting in the gateway of the city, right? 
They can't go into the city because they're lepers, and if they go in the city, they're going to get stoned. They can't beg at the gate because no one can leave or enter the city, so there's not much going on at the gate, mm-hmm. right? Um, they can't also can't beg at the gate because nobody has anything in the city anymore, right? Nobody has anything to give them, right? So you got these four lepers. They're just sitting in the dust in the gateway of the city, right? And the four lepers ask this incredible question. Why do we sit here till we die? Why do we sit here till Mm, we die, right? mm -hmm. Abundant living is not sitting around waiting for death, Yeah, right? People who live abundantly savor time because they have a purpose, right? It's crazy, But in the fancy restaurant episode of The Bear, every person in that restaurant, every person in that restaurant understands that they have the most important job in the restaurant, Mm -hmm. right? You may not have to understand about my job that I have the most important job in the restaurant. You may not see my job as the most important job in the restaurant, But I need to understand that about my work. Mm -hmm. My work is an opportunity to make a difference in someone else's life, right? That's why the Richie character gets up five minutes earlier every morning and sleeps in his work clothes so that he can get to work and make a difference in somebody else's life, Mm. right? See what the focus is here, though? In somebody else's life. That's it. It's getting out of yourself, right? Yeah. It's getting out of your. It's getting out. It's getting yourself out of the way of your life. It's getting out of the me, myself, and I trinity, right? We used to go on trips, and what would we take pictures of? The trip. Yeah. Now we go on trips. What do we take a picture of? Ourselves. <laughs> you can take a picture of yourself in your own doorway. You don't need to go down the street to take a picture of yourself. If you've gone down the street. Savor the new experience of being down the street, right? One of the first confirmation questions we have to learn is, right? It's the first catechism question we have to learn, right? Why am I here? Why did God make me? What Mm -hmm. is the purpose of my life, right? And the, the fascinating thing about this is the Catholic Church is not afraid to ask that question. The Catholic Church is not afraid to ask, why am I here? Mm -hmm. Why are they not afraid? Because we have an answer to that question. Right. I am here to know, love, and serve God. I am here to respond to his love for me. Mm-hmm. I am here to be an instrument of his healing hand. It, I am here to be light, to be salt in what can be an otherwise flavorless world. You know, and it makes me think of our current culture now, which is you're constantly hearing people say, well, I don't know who I am. You know, that's how far away we've gotten from what you're talking about, which is our Catholic catechism, you know who you are. God made you to know, love, and serve him in this world and in the next. That's right. I am the most beloved thing in the world, right? When was the last time, but the world doesn't give you that. No. When was the last time the world encouraged you to ask the question, why am I here? When was the last time the world offered you an answer? Yeah. The world is afraid that you'll ask why you're here, and mm-hmm. they're afraid because the world has no answer. No, and let me distract you in a hundred different ways. That's right, right? We live in a world, and as a consequence of that, we live in a world filled with people who hunger for authenticity, 
who hunger for honesty, who hunger for truth, who hunger for beauty, who hunger for art. I think art, beauty, truth, honesty, that's the real hunger of our time. Mm-hmm. Love, that's what we're really yeah. hungering for. That's why everybody is on is on medications, and mm-hmm. that's why everybody is, is depressed, you know, depressed anxious, and anxious yeah. and stressful, right? Yeah. We, right, people need someone, right, who makes every second count to feed that hunger, right? We need to savor moments and inspire other people to live their life savoring those moments. Are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you living life abundantly? Because if you're not, then what society is feeding you isn't working, right? So stop eating what society is feeding you. God created us to get up each morning and say, God, I have a purpose. I want to partner with you today. I want to create with you today. I want to heal with you today. And Lord, I want to nourish with you today. Yeah. There we go. There's a plan, right? Let's start today. That say every moment counts. Every moment counts. We're out of time. By <laughs> time does that, time right? Time does that. Every moment counts. We're out, but we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for The Family Show. And I want to thank our wonderful producer, Ian. Thank you, Ian, for getting us here and keep us all in your prayers. And happy anniversary, Ian. Um, and so we're going to ask you to pray for us, That's right? That's Yep. And for Brendan Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with the beautiful sound of Seasons. 